We gotta play with more spoiler bullets. This is the Flix X Raid podcast, starting in five, four. Welcome to XX Raid. I'm your host, Tony. And tonight I have joining me from across the internet uh, a seasoned veteran Russian roulette player, Ryan. Hola! And I'm also joined by the beer hunter, Corey. I love you, baby. <laughs> and tonight we're, we're going to be talking about the deer hunter. Uh, so, Corey, I think you watched the wrong movie. Yeah, uh, I did. But that's fine. It's fine. We'll uh, We'll improvise, right? Perfect. Um, so before we get into talking about that, let's take a moment to get to know our guests. So the question of the night is, would you play Russian roulette? Ryan? Well, given my depression, that is an easy yes. Interesting. But the real question is, do you win or do you lose? Uh, we all lose because we get no Ryan anymore. Exactly. So. Either way, I win. I either win money or I don't have to pay any of my bills. <laughs> <laughs> had that's a interesting that's one way of win-win it. it's a very morbid way of looking at it <laughs> <laughs> and what about you Corey? would you play russian roulette uh, i have kids and a wife i probably shouldn't but like imagine that rush you would get if you just once it would be interesting to do it just once but obviously that one time you could end up in the pit like old right? stevie boy you don't know you don't know I don't know if I could do it. I honestly don't know if I could do it. Like, don't get me wrong. I used to do it with a Nerf gun because we had one of those um, those ones that had the chamber you could do that with growing up, and we 100% did that all the time with a Nerf gun. But, like, I don't think I could do it with a real gun. Okay, so here, let's let's take the stakes down a little bit. If it was they put six chocolates on a table and one of those was a laxative chocolate and you instantly got diarrhea, would you do it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah, I'd totally do it. I'd do it then, too. Although, my problem is, no matter which chocolate I picked, I'd get the diarrhea. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's always Same diarrhea scenario. chocolate. But you're also a dog and cannot eat chocolate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She takes her back up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or what about, like, uh, you know how Doritos put out that one where it's like there's one spicy chip? Oh, yeah. In a bag? Would you do that? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Instead of that, you got five non-dorito doritos but one of those is those or six of those but one of them is like those hell spicy ones oh my god right and here's the thing is is there's two people you and somebody else and you eat a chip then they eat a chip and you eat a chip and they eat a chip would you do it? my luck i would get in the first one but yes i would do it (laughs) yeah i would too i would do it too that's also how you get the diarrhea. <laughs> Montezuma's revenge. revenge. <laughs> All right. And so I think that brings us to a synopsis and starring here. Um, I've got both of these tonight because I don't have a co-host. 
synopsis. In the backdrop of the U.S.-Vietnam War, three friends who joined the army to fight in Vietnam are later captured by the enemy forces. They manage to escape, but are soon separated and imprisoned again. This movie is directed by Michael Cimino and is starring Robert De Niro as Michael, John Cazale as Stan, John Savage as Steven, Christopher Walken as Nick, and Meryl Streep as Linda. Listen. Linda, Linda. So uh, I think that brings us to a game. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's a game. A game specifically tailored for each participant. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's okay. have some fun. Ladies, here. start your enjambes. I'm having a blast. This is the most fun I've had without lubricant. So you played recently a game with drums. Russian roulette, get your guns. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's Russian six, roulette. Each one has their own gun. We got six chambers. <laughs> All of them full. Oh, uh, man, we're playing with a semi-automatic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, crap. Uh, all right, so... Uh, I don't go first. Or I do go first, I don't know. Yeah, you're going to go first. All right. <laughs> Is it better? I, I guess it'd be better to go first. Yeah. Better odds. The odds no, it's the same odds! <laughs> no, well, if you, if no, you go the if second, you go second time, the odds the... got worse for you. Oh, like well, if they don't spin it again. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes you play where you spin it afterwards, and sometimes you play that you don't. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it really depends. But we'll get into that, because I, I noticed that in the movie. Um, all right, so we're going to be doing release year for war movies. Uh, so the first one is The Deer Hunter. Did it come out in 1977, 1978, or 1979? This one's for zero points. Corey says 78. Ryan, what about yourself? I'll say 79, because I cannot remember. Well, Ryan, you are correct, but you still get zero points. Oh, okay. No. Good. Whew, when you start All saying those it, zero like, points. I thought it came out in 73. <laughs> I'm horrible uh, at these games. Just... All right. So, Ryan, since you got the first one right, you're going to go start uh, first. Saving Private Ryan. Did it come out in 1997, 1998, or 1999? Ryan, Shit. you're starting us. I was on this podcast. <laughs> I've actually got a, a... He says 99. Corey? I also say 99. You also say 99? Well, guess what, guys? We're tied. Zero points. All right. Came out in 98. Ah, shit. 98 was such a lame year. What? Why of all the years, 98? It <laughs> was 99 know. and that was eight years old. The end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Do next up. through multiple apocalypses? Seamsies. I'm halfway through one right now. Woohoo! Yep. <laughs> yeah, this one's, this it's one's only halfway. more real than the rest. I hope it's only halfway. I hope it's at least halfway. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies haven't shown up yet, guys, so we don't know. All right, next up, number two. Number two, Braveheart. Did it come out in 1993, 1994, or 1995? Corey, you're starting this round. 94. Ryan? I want to say 93. Guess what, boys? 95. We're still tied up. <laughs> came out in 95. We suck. Zero points across the board. <laughs> Number three, War Dogs. 
Did this one come out in 2016, 2017, or 2018? Ryan, you're starting. 2018. I'm also going to say 2018. <laughs> Man, we are on a roll. Maintaining that streak of nothing. Right. 2016. Man, these are all empty chambers, okay? These are all empty chambers. <laughs> all right. Number four. American Sniper. Did it come out in 2012, 2013, or 2014? Corey? That's one with Bradley Cooper, right? Yes. Uh, 2013. Ryan? 2012. Click, click. Both wrong. It's 2014. We're still at 0-0. Consistency (laughs) is only a virtue if you're not a (laughs) fuck-up. Number five. Ryan, you're starting this round. The Hurt Locker. Did this come out in 2007, 2008, or 2009? 2008. All right. Corey? I'm going to go... 2009. Well, somebody just blew their load, and it was Ryan. Damn, premature again. (laughs) Ryan's got one point. Holy shit. And we're on number six (laughs) with one point. (laughs) The Last Samurai. Did it come out in 2003, 2004, or 2005? Corey. Uh... 2004. Ryan? 2003. Oh, Ryan, two points. Oh, shit. Good job. And he's Last... starting off the next round. Oh, shit. Wait. Number that... no. seven. MASH, the movie. Did it come out in 1970, 1971, or 1972? Uh, I want to say 72. We got a 72. Corey? Damn. Uh, I'll say 71, I guess. Oh, and we're back to click, click. It came out in 1970. Oh, I was wondering if it was 70 or 72. Those were both options. That is correct. I know. I picked one of them. (laughs) All right. Next up, number eight, Black Hawk Down. Did that come out in 2001, 2002, or 2003? Corey, you're starting this round. Hmm. Sorry, 2003, and what were the other two? Wrong ones. They were the wrong ones. (laughs) It was uh, 2001, 2002, and 2003. 2001. I like how they're all consecutive years, and he's like... I heard 2003, but I'm not sure about the other two. I wasn't sure if I that was the last one I heard of the other one because I was I was just reading something. <laughs> he was reading. Oh, the he's answer. reading the answers. Sorry, what was your answer there, Corey? Uh, 2001. All right, and Ryan. I oh, will also say 2001. Damn. Well, congratulations, you both get a point because I think Corey's looking them up now. No, I'm not. I was messaging my tattoo guy real quick because he he doesn't message right away. So good time to get it done. <laughs> What year did Black Hawk Down come out? <laughs> I, it was going through my brain. I'm like, maybe he'll know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. Fury, the Brad Pitt tank movie. Did it come out in 2013, 2014, or 2015? Uh, Ryan, you're starting this. 2014. Yep. All right. And Corey? Uh... 
2013. Ryan solidifying that lead because it's uh, 2014. We got two Good more job, here, homie. Corey. So, you know. Well, I, like I can't really catch I'm going to use as a pop cap. But I'm going to take these last two for sure. Okay. All right, Corey, you've got this. Hacksaw Ridge, did it come out in 2014, 2015, or 2016? 2016. Final answer. Okay, and Ryan? 2015. Corey, you were correct. You did take this one. And that was final double one. points, Ryan, just in case oh, you didn't know okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> final one, Ryan starting us off. Inglorious Bastards. Did it come out in 2008, 2009, or 2010? 2008. Corey, you get this right. Maybe I'll give you double points. Who knows? Uh, what? Maybe Ryan's already solidified this. I'm going to say 2008, too. I think I was just graduating. Oh, nine. Oh, Fuck. bugger all. God about. I knew it was so one Ryan, of those numbers between 0 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. So you uh, you won the first game. So I'm going to get you your uh, two-sentence impression of the deer hunter. I, ooh. All right. That's the first one. No. Uh, okay. So it of a slow burn, but an interesting story, which I'm surprised they didn't do more with. Okay, elaborate. What do you mean by that? Okay, so, well, the slow burn was is they spent a very, very long time at weddings. Like I was joking, I think I've actually been to weddings that didn't last that long. <laughs> um, but I think that's part of storytelling of when this came out. Like, the just the way the movies were, and they were trying to, you know, elaborate on the characters. But, so once they went over to Vietnam, and then they were, you know, fighting, and then got caught, and then... Uh, had to play the game and then how like it basically messed with all of them in different ways. Um, whereas like Michael was able to get out like, um, and it was when they went hunting, like you think he was out there and he was willing to kill the deer. And then after he got back, it seemed like watching his friends die and people kill themselves in a game. It, changed the stakes so much more and he just didn't feel like doing that anymore mm -hmm. whereas um nick it threw him off the deep end of the hay like he just didn't feel anything anymore and you know he kind of had the remorse or at least this is what i got out of it and then uh it was steve right who was the one who basically graced his skull i didn't yeah, know he steve. was the same guy as the guy who's getting married though it yeah, totally so when that was off, the, like who the fuck Stevie? Yeah, so when that was the one is is like he was had to play the game but he wanted to go back to his wife and then you know he kind of I think what I got from it was was in the hospital cuz he didn't want to show what his wife what had happened to him kind of thing and he tried to stay there as long until Michael basically dragged his ass out of there. Uh, so it which isn't healthy realistically no it's not and it was just interesting like how they jumped around the stories because like i would have liked to known it, it's kind of a it was a kind of a double-edged sword i really i would have liked to know because remember how nick didn't want to play 
And then the guy kept offering him money, 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 right? And then yeah. he basically had gone – he'd either clearly been playing for a while um, and winning, and he's was basically when Mike – found him again he was basically desensitized and even didn't know who he was right so i was kind of curious to see what that story would have been with uh nick just to try and follow that path however the movie was already three hours so <laughs> all right so the ryan like this movie that was a lot of two sentence well, you said uh, two sentences and then you said elaborate all right that's fair i did i did so, ask huh. you to elaborate um cory what about yourself you were the one who put this one forward to watch um, yes. What? Why? Why would did you put this one forward? Uh, honestly, I put it forward because I thought it was actually a mixture of the dangerous game and uh, and um, what's that other movie? Surviving the game, where like these men were going. Oh no! And Deliverance. It was. I thought it was, my brain like took all the pop culture references of all three of those movies and somehow put it together as the Deer Hunter, and then I was like. Everyone always talks about how good the deer hunter is and how messed up it is. So I was like, I totally want to watch that. And then I watch it and it's this really like hard hitting piece on like the Vietnam War, but it the director says it's not, but it clearly is, and it's like I don't know. It's really good though. I like in even though that first hour was a little bit felt slow in that, I think it was important because if you notice Everyone is laughing. Every like every two seconds, everyone is laughing from the beginning of the movie up until the point um, when they go to Vietnam, and then the laughing slowly comes back a little bit when um, Michael returns, and then is completely gone from the other half of the movie. That's an interesting observation. Like I kind of get it, but I still feel that wedding was way too long to start off. Yeah, it was definitely long. I like them being together. I would have liked them to see just the guys um, talking about how Stevie's getting married and how important it is to him and just see them on a hunt together and them bonding with each other before they go into the jungle. Okay, yeah, that, I think that could be done a lot quicker because we do also get to see that, but then there's also this really long wedding. But it's like, so it's like this weird thing where it's like he's having the wedding, but his bachelor party is happening as a hunting trip after the wedding yeah i thought the i thought it was like hey we need to go hunting michael was like that was a the the omen they need to go hunting and he's like oh okay but i got i'm getting married tomorrow so we're gonna have to do it after (laughs) i don't know if it was a bachelor trip it felt like a bachelor trip it maybe but you can tell that like michael and nick we're more of like there's always like friendships and groups that are a little bit closer and like i feel like Mm -hmm. nick and michael were the core of the group where michael i don't think really cared about this wedding at all like i don't think he cared like the the fact you see him carry nick and stevie through the jungle after they've like one's got a leg blown out the other one's like bleeding from his head and was swimming he he will do anything for his friends but I think he's still so emotionally detached from his friends that that's how he comes back and he adjusts better than everybody else does. Because anyways, he was already detached from the the normal world. You know what? I kind of get it, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, uh, I get what you're saying with like Michael being that character, 
But I think Michael was also that kind of character who everyone really liked, but was very introverted. You know, like when you see like big groups of friends, there's always one person who's like very introverted. You know, they're part of the group, but they're always on the sideline. And that's who Michael felt like to me. That feels like you're calling me out. Well, you know. <laughs> you're not not calling me out. <laughs> not not calling you out. But like, you, you do, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where it's, I don't know how else to place it because it's like, even at the very beginning, Michael seems like the kind of guy who's like, yeah, 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 he's on the sides. Um, people kind of gravitate around him, but he's not really ever directly involved with them. And even later when he comes back from war, he's also that same detached kind of person, right? Where it's like, he, everyone is like, oh, we love Michael. He, you know, Michael, like we love being around him, blah, 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 blah. But he just kind of is a, like a fly on the wall more often than not. Yeah, I can see that. But like, I don't know, it's, I would have liked to see more of the group go to Vietnam. Like, I know you don't always get to pick your troop and, like, you don't get to... Like, I was surprised he was in the same, like, platoon or whatever as his two friends. But I would have liked to see how that whole group... Maybe minus the one guy, because he said his knees were bad or something, so he couldn't go over there even though he wanted to. But, like, why didn't their other friend go to war? Um, Stan? The... The guy with the gun, whatever that guy's name was. Stan, that was Stan. Stan. And Axel, right? Axel seemed pretty fit. But I guess with the Vietnam, that was the draft, right? They didn't just get the pick? Yeah, but I think the thing with Stan and Axel is because they were, during the draft, um, they wanted people who could operate mines and stuff in America to continue the war effort, right? So it's like technically you could make a case out, uh, out of the draft if you were a, I guess an essential worker um, but if your skill set was necessary in order to fuel the war um, which because it looked like they were at a mine I'm not quite sure what kind of no, mine it was a smelting it was a basically a metal working factory smelting stuff yeah got like a steel mill or something yeah I think. sorry it was a steel mill that's what it was but because they worked at a steel mill they could easily get out of um, going and doing it if they wanted to and on top of that, there was a lot of reasons they wouldn't take people at that time. If you're too scrawny, if you're too big, uh, again, knees, back issues, uh, eyesight was a big one that they started to lax for that one. But there was a lot of uh, a lot of reasons that they wouldn't take people. Also, Dan's character, it almost seemed like he would do everything he could to weasel out of it. Yeah. yeah. Right, like, like the thing about when they were on the hunting trip, like he's like was blaming everybody else because he was never prepared for anything, right, right, and expecting them to carry the weight. So, but it's like, yeah, no, that's true. I I could see that he probably faked like asthma or something like that to not to not go there. I just I was so enthralled when they were actually in the jungle. I wish we would have had more of them fighting. Not fighting, but like seeing them deal with that situation, because seeing the most exciting part, obviously besides the Russian roulette scenes for me, was when Michael realized that they needed to get three bullets in that gun. The scene where he's just like, "Nope, give me three bullets. Let's go. Give me another bullet. Give me another bullet." And like, I'm like, "Fuck, he's that's scary, but it's also it's so rife with tension. I love it." Oh. That scene made the movie, I'm not going to lie. 
Well, and they're already at a game of chance, right? So, like, what 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 do they have to lose at that point, right? Like, this is he was gambling on the chance to get out, and really, like, they're they're putting a gun to their heads and pulling the trigger. So, if if it fails, it fails, and if it, his plan succeeds, then they have a chance to get out of there, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. I thought that was a really cool scene. And then we have the escape scene, which is kind of weird, right? Because that's also when uh, Steve... It, it's it's really interesting because the reason he lost his legs was because of that, right? Where they put yeah. Christopher Walken in the helicopter, and then they were trying to hang on the side, but he couldn't get a good grip. And so he fell in the water and hit rocks. Which, by the way, uh, both, um, both actors, John Savage and uh, Robert De Niro, actually did their own stunts for that. Where they fell thirty feet into a river, <laughs> Jesus, Oof. right? Um, so anyway, and then he breaks his legs, and then it's unc- it, the movie becomes semi unclear from there because his legs are broken, and I think it's because De Niro had to walk him through the jungle on broken legs that his legs had to be taken off, or like they got, they got infected. Gangrenous. I was thinking they got like infected or like gangrenous, like going through the mm-hmm. the dirty water of the jungle and stuff. Well, but yeah, like, I in... didn't even know that. Robert Down or Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Robert De Niro yep. made it back. So like we jump to Nick when he's in that hospital and it's like he's he's not even that hurt. He got shot in the leg and he doesn't he's just like so detached. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just it was a weird scene. It I don't was, know, man. was cut very weird. I thought the escape was really I guess very plausible. Right. And, and, and I say that is in like, think about it. It's either they took off through the jungle, which they know there's enemy troops. They're most likely on behind Emily enemy lines, right? They are unarmed. Mind you, they could have taken some weapons, but they've got an injured guy in in general. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, two. So, because how many guys were even they were kind of patrolling the river but like you know as you if you're patrolling and you see a log floating a giant log floating down the river are you gonna guess that three guys are hanging on to it no probably not i thought those were gonna be bad like did the Viet Cong? did they have helicopters and stuff back then no like it because i know it was mostly guerrilla tactics right that's what I, i thought so i wasn't sure if this helicopter coming at them i was like I don't think that's an enemy helicopter, but you'd think you'd still want to be a little cautious. Yeah. Especially friendly fire. I'm pretty sure from everything I've read, because I I wanted this movie was so important um, or like was related to Vietnam so much. Um, I, w- I wanted to do a little history searching after I watched the movie, just so I had a little bit more of a deeper grasp to it. And there was so much like... Uh, friendly fire that happened in vietnam i was like are they gonna get shot up by their own troops and stuff like that so that scene to me was still filled with a lot of tension right but it's like it's interesting because that scene is so prominent in this film but like we don't get to vietnam until almost 45 minutes in and then we're back from vietnam after like another 20 yeah it's so short like that entire like section is so short and then what i think is interesting is so this is going to sound bizarre but it's interesting because the like the three characters all went through pretty much similar circumstances um, because even De Niro's character got shot, right? So they've all been shot. They've all, and they're all dealing with it in different ways. And I think what's interesting is to see how all three of them deal with it. 
And I, I, that's why it's like, you know, I know the director has said that this isn't a movie about the Vietnam War. And I think that's why that part takes such a short amount of time by comparison. And then we focus so much on the after effects between three men who had very similar circumstances and how they deal with it. Yeah. They're different. Well, because I was just trying to think. They all they didn't all have something to lose. They all had like varying degrees of attachment, like of of needing to come home. But I thought it was really interesting how the one thing that Nick, uh, Christopher Walken character, told Michael is that don't leave me there. I don't want to be left there. Yet he ended up being the one who who almost who stayed willingly. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Because he just disappeared. He went AWOL. Yep. Yeah, because I would have thought, like, Michael uh, would have stayed for Nick. Like, I thought that's where it was going, that Nick was going to go into the seedy underworld of, like, wanting to, to, to die, to catch that last bullet or something. Because, like, what made him turn? Mm-hmm. What made him want to throw his life away? I don't know, man. We haven't been in that situation. Probably when he was... uh. You know, like you said earlier about, like, you know, that that rush, that adrenaline rush of pulling the trigger. Yeah. You know, that's like, what I was wondering. Was forever... Is he just catching that, trying to get that adrenaline again? But he seems well, so out I of it. So. You know what? Uh, I do have some other points on this, but uh, I think it's time for us to play game number two. Let's do it. It's time for us to play The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. Show me the money. Show me the money! Now you've had enough. So, Ryan, you currently have the crown, which means you're going to be starting us off. Um, So I have a bunch of numeric figures in front of me here, and I'm going to get you guys to try and guess them prices right style. So that means closest without going over gets the point. If you get a bang on, it's worth double points. And if you guys are both over, we'll start the round over again. Uh, So the first category that we're going to be doing is going to be the budget. Uh, so, Ryan, what do you think the budget for this movie is in millions, not thousands, remembering that it came out in 1978? Okay, so around the same time as Star Wars. Uh, let's go 34 mil. 34. Corey? <sighs> hmm. They had a couple helicopters. Was this... Well, it could have been the same was... helicopter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> was this before Godfather or after Godfather? After. Just after. Is it 34? Um, I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go lower than that. I think I'm gonna go 29 million. 29. Yeah. Right, well, guys. Feel, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, guys, uh, you're both over. Oh shit. 29 mm. is too high. Remember, Star Wars was 10. I do not remember that. That had lasers. Yeah, that had lasers. So, budget for this one is less than 29. Corey, you're starting us off on this uh, redo Hmm. of this category. Okay, let's go. Let's go 9 million. We got a 9. Ryan? 7. (laughs) 7. Corey takes the point. Oh, thank God. (laughs) <laughs> because it was 15. Ah, okay. So more than Star Wars, huh? More than Star Wars. Well, there was and not then, helicopters in Star Wars. Yeah, it's true. That, that is uh, true. And even then, they had a lot of... Um, they had to fight for that budget. Um, Alright, so next question is, what do you guys think this made in domestic box office? 
Now, I will tell you right now, this number is in the millions, not thousands, and does include the re-releases. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Did they do? I'm. A, did they do re-releases in theaters? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did in 2011 and 2015. Uh, so Ryan, I'm gonna go 56 million. 56. Corey. I'm actually going to go lower again. I'm going to go 40 million. 4-0? Yeah. Well, Corey, you take the point. It was 48. Oh, yes. Uh, 48.9 to be exact. Um, And then I actually have the re-releases actually got re-released internationally. So I have that in American dollars uh, because it got released in Denmark and Finland. Probably not Vietnam, though. No. (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's in the millions, not thousands. And Corey, you're starting this round. Oh, sorry, it's in the thousands, not millions. Uh, Corey, you're starting this round. In the thousands, not millions. In the thousands. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna go full. Nope. A hundred thousand. <laughs> 100,000. Okay. Yep. Yeah, 56,000. 56,000. Well, Ryan, you take the point there because it's 94. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so, Corey, you were close, but you know, no cigar. So close. One chamber away. I know, right? Um, all right, so there was, unfortunately, no opening weekend uh, figures that I could find for this because stuff back in the 70s I can't really find that much information for. Uh, but I do have the Tottenham Armado ratings. So, uh, Ryan, you're starting off this round. Oh, no, Corey, sorry, you're starting off this round. What do you think the critic rating for this movie is in percentage? Critic. Um, let's go... I'm going to go really high because... Ebert gave it four out of four stars. So I'm gonna go ninety-five percent. Ninety-five, Ryan. I want to say ninety-two percent. Ninety-two. Ryan takes the point because it was ninety-three percent. Fuck no! All right, Ryan. Final category: the Tonromatoes audience rating. You're starting us off here. Uh, what do you think? I'll go 92% again. All right, and Corey? I'm going to go less. I'm going to say 88. Well, uh, Ryan, you got double points because oh. it was 92%. You're so pretty, pretty princess. That's what my mom tells me. <laughs> the score is the same as last round. Uh, four for Ryan, two for Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Which means Ryan gets the disadvantage in the final round. Well, shitballs. All right. Um, But that does bring us back to talk. I do want to continue talking. So we were talking about, like, um, Christopher Walken's character, Nick. Now, one of the things that um, was very subtle and they didn't really talk about much is we were talking about him doing the adrenaline rush. So when... uh, (sighs) When Michael goes back there and he's like facing him off against the table, there's a scene where he grabs his hand and he pulls his arm down and he sees all the black track marks on his arm, which means yeah. he was probably doing heroin. Yep. 
right? So he was literally chasing the dragon in any way he could find. Yep. But is is heroin he typically money by... it's a downer, isn't it? Not really. Because um, like dabbled in the the H game. I I never have either, but I've uh, definitely known a lot of addicts who explain it. Um, so the basically the thing with like heroin when you inject it, you don't feel anything. Mm. It gives you like such a high that you just don't feel anything and don't care. Essentially, is from what I've had it explained to me. I can't. I don't have firsthand experience in this case. Yeah. But it's like it just gives you this like ultimate. This the first time you ever do it is like the best high that you'll ever get from it. Apparently, um, and that's why they call it chasing the dragon because you're forever chasing that first high, uh, which you'll never have again. And I uh, and I've actually heard something similar was that it's basically you're almost like it's euphoric of the lack of pain, mm-hmm. just all the good, none of none of the bad kind of thing. But yeah, like the, just like your you don't your body just like you're not sore, your your brain just does what like it just yeah. And this is also secondhand knowledge. Like I say, I haven't done it myself, but it's just the the absence of the weariness and everything just kind of goes away. And then, you know, it's, and then like Tony said, people try and chase that after again and again. But like, it yeah, didn't so seem like, like one of those to me, it didn't seem like Nick's character, even in the beginning was, he seemed like the most well-adjusted out of everybody. Like he was the, the common sense one when it came to the boots and, and like the, just the group in general, like he was the one who kept their relationship all copacetic. So for him to go off the into the darkness and stuff, it's just I didn't see it coming at all. I I thought I thought it was going to be the other way. I thought Michael was going to be the one that needed pulling back out of the the darkness of the jungle, but it wasn't. Which is interesting because it's like you don't know how you're going to deal with situations is what like the main theme of this movie, right? Well, and I think one of the things was if he went back home, he would have to face that reality that was different than he knew. Like mm-hmm. I think I think he literally just snapped and just like is like yeah I I you know with the drugs and 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 the and the game of chance. He basically was like, I am avoiding the pains of reality of going home and, and like, and, um, you know, seeing everybody like Linda, like that promise he made, whereas this way he could basically just live or just not, you know, not live, you know, in a world and not bother. And I think that's what the remorse money was for. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you like, think he was, he was, he was sorry, but he just couldn't face it in reality. Do you think Nick would have ended up like that if Michael would have gotten to him? Like if they would, cause they were both searching for each other essentially in that right. But when Nick actually finds the, the Russia roulette like game going on, they were both looking for each other. He thinks he sees Michael at one point, but it's not Michael. And then, and then you see Michael run after Nick but doesn't get to him in time because he gets in that weird old car. You know, that's an interesting question. I think I think you've hit it on the head. I think if Michael had gotten in Nick and in that scene, Nick wouldn't have gone down that hole. Because I, I bet you anything, Nick thought Michael was lost in the jungle and he probably blamed himself. Yeah. 
Well, at the hospital, like it, it think he thought he would, they were both gone, right? He saw them both fall into the water and then he never saw them. And then he probably heard later, actually that, um, uh, Steve got home. Yeah. Through whatever. And then, then he was sending the money. Did, did Nick see Steve at, or sorry, did Nick see Michael at the, the game? No. Or no, he didn't see him. I don't think he did. I don't okay. think so. That's what I was, I didn't think so either. That's why I was. Because I think he would have waited. Chaos. Yeah. Because he was trying to leave and then the guy was offering him the money. Right. Yeah. And I, I also think what's interesting is like Michael Which going back to get away. him is almost kind of like this guilt too, right? The money? Yeah. When Michael gets in the or the guilt, what are you talking car. about, Corey? Sorry, you kind of cut out there in my headphones for a second, so all I heard was that last part. But like when Michael, or sorry, when Nick gets into the car and drives off, he throws away the money and that he was given. So like you said, I don't think it was about the money; it was about that rush. I think so, hundred percent. And you know, I think also Michael going back for Nick um, is interesting too because it's like. It's this massive guilt trip, and I think it's also because, like, when Michael gets back to town, he's not only considered a hero, which I think it's interesting that he doesn't want to go to his welcoming back party, because I don't think he feels like a hero. Even also, though I don't he think is. he wants to deal with people. Mm. Right? And, and like, you say how he was the, you know, the kind of the elusive uh, friend who, you know, just kind of sat on the sidelines and fall. Like as someone who is very similar to that and has not been to Vietnam. Um, like if you're exhausted and you just need to recharge on your own time, going into a party where there's a bunch of people is sometimes the opposite of what you need. Right. Right. Like you just want to go home. Like he went to the hotel and he just basically, or this is my interpretation. He basically went to the hotel, crawled up and then just basically cried into his hands. Right. Yeah. That he got home and doing that around a lot. Cause I'm sure he would have wanted to save face right in front of a bunch of people. And it was just easier for him to not do that. Just go to a hotel and just be him alone. He's home. He's going to relax. He's just going to absorb and not have to worry about pleasing anybody or saying hi to anybody or having any drinks or anything like that. Yeah. And then there's the whole Linda factor to it too, right? Exactly. Because Linda uh, or Meryl Streep's character, she was uh, she was Christopher Walken's girl um, when they left, right? Like she, her and Christopher Walken were an item and then he comes back without without Nick, right? And she's like, well, have you heard from Nick? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah. all we know is he went AWOL. We don't know where he is. Yeah, he doesn't have answers to a lot of questions, right? Right. And so I, I can understand him not wanting to face people, but then he, you know, him and Linda almost start dating. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it feels off. You know, like that this was his buddy's girl and, or his buddy's girlfriend who's gone missing in Vietnam. Yeah. But like you see yeah. in the scene when they're at the wedding and like Nick's like, no, you dance with her, you dance with her. He's like, no, no, no. And like you can tell from Robert De Niro's character, he likes Linda, 
but like he's like no that's like that's your girl he's like you really want me to dance with her like are you sure like are you sure but he would never step those bounds i think if nick was still around he would so i think he viewed nick as not coming back as as someone that was the closest thing he had to being with nick i think this is a little top gun where there there's Nick and Michael have such a connection. Maybe it's not like a romantic connection, but I think they're like they're two peas in a pod. So they need each other. Well, I think also being with Linda it was just a comfort. comfort. It was social interaction. It was just, you know, they were there for each other. It was nothing. I don't and this is the what I got from the is is maybe she wanted more than that, but he I don't think he wanted more. He just wanted to you know, be around her, be social with somebody who was, you know, he'd been shot at and in prison and stuff. And, it, you know, just to be nice be, to be around somebody who's just kind of quiet and listens and, you know, and they can just kind of talk and have coffee and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because there's the scene in the hotel where they go to the hotel together and she goes and has a shower. And it's like she comes out obviously expecting sex and he's just like fully knocked out on the bed. Yeah. And then she just kind of rolls up to him and just, you know, basically cuddles sleep. with him. Yeah, cuddles, sleeps next to him. Which sometimes that's all people want, right? Like yep. it's not always about the sex. So I hear. I don't Throw know. the sex away. Just cuddles. Yeah. All the, the one cuddles. thing, like, um, I was reading a, because I noticed the one character, um, I can't remember his name again, Stan, the guy with the gun. Mm-hmm. He was in The Godfather as Fredo. And mm-hmm. apparently that that gentleman died like a little while after filming this movie because he had lung cancer. Yeah, while he didn't actually see it. He didn't actually see this film. He okay. Yeah, and Meryl done. Streep was with him at the time, so she took this part as Linda so that she could be close to him at during while he was dealing with this. Yeah, originally the studios couldn't cool actually get insurance to cover him. Oh wow. Well, so th- cool. there's more to that story. Um, so. The studio, because the the director knew he was dying and a lot of people on set knew he was dying, they didn't want uh, that when the insurance company found out that he was dying of cancer, um, they they didn't want to insure him. So they revoked his insurance and they didn't want to pay for his insurance because they were like, well, what if he dies on set? So they filmed all of his scenes first and Robert De Niro paid his insurance. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, out of his own pocket, just so that they could be on set together. After, even after he went against the family, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like when this was filmed, you couldn't CG them in, right? Like Wagons East with John Candy, right? You couldn't just make him a part of the movie. Now, in this movie, there is ways you could get around that, but. Yeah, which means they filmed that scene, that um, that final scene. I normally like to talk about the final scene near the end, but I, it's just one of those things where it's like they would have had to have filmed the funeral scenes early. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's in all of those, right? Right. Yeah. And apparently this, the town which that they were makes filming that even heavier. was like four different towns put together. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That's usually that's that's Hollywood. Yeah, you just find sets. They find scenes yeah. or yeah. places and areas you know. and change license plates and all that kind of stuff. 
Yep, yep. That doesn't surprise me at all. All right, so I think it's time for us to play game number three. All right, so it's time for us to play the Awesome Lodge Word Game. Excellent! All right, so uh, Ryan, because you uh, currently have the pretty, pretty princess crown, you have the disadvantage. So Corey, yes, that I have. You get the choice. So I have a Twitter list. One of you guys has to do the Twitter list. Now you can choose if you're going to do the Twitter list or if you want one of the other three lists. I'm not going to tell you what the Twitter list is. I know I put what a question the Twitter to Twitter. List is. Well, that that's good for you, Ryan. Corey might not. Oh, okay. Well, because I saw it. Unless it's a different Twitter list, unless you just made up another question and I didn't see it, which is quite plausible. You don't know me. Um, so, Corey, mm -hmm. do you want to take the Twitter list or do you want to take one of the other three lists and give I'll Ryan take one the of the Twitter other list? three lists? All right. So, the other three lists are Vietnam movies, movies with Christopher Walken, and 1978 box office topping movies. So, which one do you want? I'm gonna go for the Christopher Walken. That's I like that he's not Christopher Walken yet in this movie too. He has does some really good acting in this movie, and he doesn't have his weird speech cadence of talking. Yeah. All right, so that means Ryan, you're going first, and you get the Twitter list, which is movies with Robert De Niro. All right. <laughs> I don't know any of these. Actually, that's not true. I know two of these, and one of them is this movie. <laughs> Just yell <laughs> The Godfather at least once, or Godfather 2. <laughs> if it's in there. Keep in mind, these were uh, mostly submitted by Twitter. So there's probably most common ones. All right, so um, I'm going to be doing this one, obviously, so I've got two minutes on the clock here. Ryan, are you ready? I am ready. All right, starting in three, two, one, go. All right, so the shiny things up in the night sky are called... Stars. Okay, and that, like, gritty stuff that's on all your furniture when you haven't cleaned in a while is called... Fuzz? Not fuzz, but it's, like, gray and it lint? coats everything. Not dust? lint. Oh, yeah, stardust. Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. This is a place where you would go to gamble? The casino. Thank yes. You. The opposite of bad. Good. A group of dudes... Good fellas. Yes. Um, an angry male cow without nipples. A uh, bull? Um, yes, it, that's the second word. The first, yes. <laughs> um, these are yellow vehicles you see in New York. Taxi. And if you were to operate one of these vehicles, you Taxi would be driver. called a... Yes. Um, opposite of devil? Angel in the outfield. That, that thing that beats in your uh, chest... If you're in love, if you're in love, that symbol that you send. Heart, angel. Heart. Yes. Um, if you were going to greet um, someone, or you're going to uh, be introduced to someone for the first time. Meet the Fockers. Meet the parents. Yes. Meet the Fockers. Um, the opposite of cold. Hot. Uh, it's another word for hot. Um, rhymes with heat. heat. Yes. Uh, this is a villain of the Dark Knight. Oh, the Joker. Yes. 
Um, if you were going to be unpaid for a job, you would be called... Um, exposure. <laughs> nah, not, not an artist job, like a business job. Intern? Yes, that's it. All ten, just at two minutes exactly. Wait, nobody said Cape Fear? No one said Cape Fear. Oh, they all suck. Don't... I... I've been meaning to watch that one, too. The only thing I know about Cape Fear is that episode of The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob. So this episode of The Simpsons with Sideshow Bob is actually fairly close, other than the humor. And, and the, the rakes. So and like the Mr. Thompson. By the rakes. And the Mr. Right. Thompson. But it is a very good movie. Uh, so these ones were supplied by Stardust, was said by Drinking and Screaming Horror Movie Podcast. You can find them at drink underscore scream on Twitter. Uh, Casino was said by Everything I Learned From Movies. You can find them at at E-I-L-F Movies, as well as The Movie Epidemic, uh, at Movie Epidemic. Uh, Goodfellas was said by The Countdown Pod. Uh, You can find them on Twitter at The Countdown PC. Uh, Raging Bull was said by The Movie Seller, at The Movie Seller on Twitter. That was my Uh, favorite clue, by the way. What do you call a a male cow without nipples? (laughs) That was specifically for Ryan. Uh, Taxi Driver was said by the After Movie Diner podcast. You can find them on Twitter at After Movie Diner. Uh, Angel Heart was also said by them. Meet the Fockers was said by our uh, one of our favorites, Taylor, uh, at Tweet Tay on uh, Twitter. And Heat was said by Krabby Bob at Krabby Bob. And I supplied the last two because we didn't have enough submissions. Actually, we had a lot of duplicate submissions. So I put in Joker and the intern. I could have put in Cape Fear, but I thought that one was too easy. Yeah. What does Batman wear? And what is he when you're afraid of something? Edna Mode says you, you should never wear what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kips. And also <laughs> Peter Parker. No kips. All right. So Corey, he got it with exactly two minutes. So you have to get all ten. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Christopher Walken movies, starting in three, two, one, go. All right, so uh, orange juice, but it doesn't have that, like, chunky bits to it. What's that chunky bits called? Concentrate? Not concentrate. Oh, perfect. Yes. Um, three words. The last word is the opposite of husbands. Wives? Yep. Stepford um, wives? That's correct. Um, if you were playing tag, when you tag someone, you would yell this phrase. You're it? Nope. Um, when you're running away, you would yell blank. Uh, this movie is about a guy who does a bunch of different kinds of jobs but is not qualified for it. Oh, um, is it Joe Dirt? Nope. Um, if you're throwing a ball outside, you're playing what? Catch. Um, and then that's the first word. And then the second word is a pronoun. Catch me if uh, you can. There we go. Um, women use an aerosol can to... Hairspray. Yep. Um, if you're really tired, another word for that is... Insomnia? Nope. Really tired. Oh, oh yeah. For it. Um, this one is about a guy who rides a steed, but he ha- is sands a crown. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe go on to the next one. Okay, uh, and another word for explosion. Uh, 
boom. Um, uh, starts with B, but it's uh, it and it rhymes with the last word, which is another word for uh, previous or time before. Oh, blast from the past. Yes, um, opposite of queen. King. Uh, this city is also called the King Big of Apple. Yeah, we go. Uh, opposite of false. Uh, true. Lies. Nope. Um, it's uh, a movie genre. Uh, true crime. Nope. Time. True romance. Oh fuck. Um, I did awful. Sleepy Hollow was the headless horseman one. Gotcha. Um, Wild Side I didn't get to, and Wedding Crashers was the last one. Ooh. Those are tough. Yeah, those are hard. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't fucking know any of these. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe he's going to throw the prophecy in there. Maybe he'll that, do the dead zone. <laughs> that's actually one of those things. So when I was looking up to make this list of Christopher Walken movies, I was like, for a dude who is a household name, he is not a lot of movies. Yeah. Like, not a lot of really well done movies, but he's a fucking household name. He's a meme of a person. He is. He. He has a presence that is very much um, remembered, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's you may see him in two things, but every time you see him, you know exactly who that is. It's true. Yeah, he was great in Seven Psychopaths. I love that movie. Oh, I almost put that one on there, but I know that one's a hard one to get people to guess. Instead, I opted for Sleepy Hollow, which apparently I shouldn't have. (laughs) I always forget he's in that one. I. I guess I didn't yeah, watch that one. Yeah, because he's uh, the headless horseman. Yeah, which is why I was like trying to get you to s- figure out headless horseman, but I realized it's a character. <laughs> and Ichabob is a character too. I know the Disney did a cartoon about this where he has to cross a bridge. All right, um, but anyway, Deer Hunter. This movie's abnormally long, and I don't want the podcast to be anywhere near as long as this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first hour kind of sucked on the podcast, so we're we got a good. We're two doing good. Going so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do have to say, um, so we kind of already talked about the final scene a little bit, where it's Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, and they're playing Russian roulette against each other. And one of the things that I was saying to Tash uh, after I was watching this for a movie from 1970, what I thought was interesting was Robert De Niro looking at Christopher Walken's character and saying, "I love you," and then pulling the trigger. Yeah, yeah. In a in the seventies and or like yeah, late seventies. That's that'd be a big thing. Manly right? love. Like nowadays, I say I love you all the time to all my guy friends. But it's like back then it was a big deal. Right, and I, I had to say like not only is that does that show something big about their bond as characters, and it's such a weird moment too, right? Because it's like. He's like, all right, if this is the game you want to play, this is the game we're going to play. And he's like, I'm willing to, like, you know, play against you to hopefully try and snap you out of this. Yeah, I'll play till the end with you. And it's just such a, like, a heartbreaking scene when, you know, the trigger gets pulled and, you know, Christopher Walken's head goes and the blood sprays and, oh, my God. And he grabs him and he's just rocking him back and forth. It kind of... Just- it ruined it a little bit for me, though, because um, Christopher Walken's character was the only one wearing a headband. And if you watch most of the characters who got their head blown up, they're always wearing the headband to hide the squib underneath it. Well, every other, like that was a thing earlier. Any other person except for De Niro was wearing a headband. Yeah, Any player. Any player was wearing a headband. He was wearing it in the scene when he went up 
and was playing against Stevie, though. Yes, yes, when yeah. he was in prison when he had to. Yeah. But that's what the only thing is, like, when I saw that he wasn't wearing a head mat, uh, a head wrap or whatever, I was like, I don't think Robert De Niro's biting the bullet. I think the other guy's going. Right? And it's it's just such a heavy scene. And, you know, I understand that a lot of this movie is about character building. A lot of it. Um, because for me, the biggest scenes are those scenes, like the first time they're playing Russian roulette and they're in the jungle. And then the second time they're playing Russian roulette against each other. Like those two scenes are just so strong that it's like, it makes me consider this movie to be better than I think it actually should be. And I think that's the same with everyone. I like that in the first time they're playing Russian roulette together against each other. They're, they're gambling for their freedom. He's saying add three bullets in. And that they're gambling that they will live. But then at this point, they're only going playing with one bullet, but they're playing knowing that one of them is going to lose. No one's going to come out of this. They're not going to both come out of this alive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just heartbreaking, in my opinion. It's it's a tough scene. It's I can see why it was received as like a heavy movie back in the, the 70s. And people were like, holy shit. Like, and like... Apparently, this movie led to a bunch of outbreaks of Russian roulette where people were playing it. And like up to 80 people claimed oh, to have geez. played because of this movie and died because of it. Jesus. That's ugh. Like, it'd be fun playing with like a paintball gun or something where it's still going to hurt. But like my favorite version right now is I you see it a lot on like TikTok and YouTube is they take... Uh, like a pellet gun or something like that they spin it and whoever it lands on they grab the gun and the other people just start running into the, oh, the forest and they start shooting at them but that's the that's the most that i'd ever want to do something i've seen people doing that, that with golf not with uh, pellet guns I, I saw a bunch of different ones i went on a reddit rabbit hole with one of those <laughs> oh, God. oh those reddit rabbit holes one was attack dog they uh, let the dog go, and the dog chased whoever it got to first. Oh, jeez. Oh, that would be brutal. All right, so it's time for one thing I learned. Uh, one thing I learned from watching this movie is that I really don't want to play Russian Roulette. Yeah, no. I'll just judge it. Just, just You just get to be that guy with the one dark eyeglass who, like, yeah. holds the bullet up and shows everybody the gun and, like, Really, Do you think he got yeah. that, uh, lost that eye from playing Russian roulette? That would be a cool backstory that he played and lost, but still won. But didn't die? Yeah. Be possible. If you're just putting it to your temple and you angle it the wrong way, it would just come out your eye socket. That's a good idea. If you ever get put in that situation, like where you're forced to play it, you shoot it out your eyeball and hope you survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you assume that they're going to, oh, we'll get him medical attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, because that's the thing what, what, what Steve did is that he, you know, scraped his head because he didn't want to shoot himself. And then they put him in the pit, right? Yep. Yeah, that's true. All right, so Corey, what's one thing you learned? Um, one thing I learned is that cucumbers were incredibly cheap in 1978. Because when Robert Downey Jr. goes in to see Linda and she's in the back, you see a yes, bunch Robert of prices for things. And it's like four cucumbers for a dollar. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, man, that Robert Downey Jr. That was a weird scene. Oh, oh. no. I did it again. Robert De Niro. Robert Downey Jr. would have been, what, eight? He was in Tropic movie? Thunder. I get these movies confused, okay? Oh, so what? similar. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He was also the black guy in that movie. <laughs> Uh, all right, Ryan, what's one thing you learned? So while watching this, remember when he was flashing all that cash to get in? Mm-hmm. So I did an expense thingy majiggy of like uh, inflation rate based on 19, the 1975 end of Vietnam War. Uh, yeah. So that would have been like the most expensive. So he gives him what, $1,500 to get into where Nick is, right? Yeah. To that was roughly all that was almost $8,000 US. Oh, oh. Shit. equivalent. Jeez. Because I was wondering, I'm like, that's a shit ton of money. And then, and like all that money was the money that um, he won, right? Like he took mm-hmm. um, Steve's money that, well, Nick's money that you gave to Steve anyways. But like, that's the thing I learned was it was like that guy, he, if you were winning and you were gambling on it and getting paid, you were you were raking it in and just like how much he was willing to put up to get in there. How do you think um, he would have gotten there? Like I, Michael, I, I know what you're saying there, but it's like he somehow got back to Vietnam. Do you think he like, cause I don't think there was passenger planes going there from the States. No, but he probably would have known people in the army, right? He's looking for an AW. You might be able to talk to some people to get in there. Oh, okay. That's fair. Like, that's like, where oh, I, I forgot my coat there. Can I go back and get it? Yeah. <laughs> gone. Yeah. My, my buddy <laughs> lost his legs. I need to go find them. <laughs> He's pretty sure he left them in this one shady river, but. <laughs> yeah, there's some rocks. I'm going to go check out these rocks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go check out some rocks in a river. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's time for ratings. So, uh, Corey, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this movie out of five and why? Because you picked it. I am going to give it a 4.5. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I think I would probably give it close to a 5. Um, but that first hour, I think is there's a lot you could cut from that. Um, or change, just to make it more about the, the guys and the group and stuff. And, and have Linda there and stuff. Um, I like the music. There were some really cool shots of the town and like just it showed you what their life was like and like how they the whole town basically walked to work like you just got a sense of these people's lives really well um there's mm-hmm. a lot of tension in the scenes with the roulette and it was heartbreaking to see these three friends and how their lives just got destroyed and then how michael survived came back a hero like not a lot of people didn't always perceive vietnam vets as like heroes but he legit saved two of his best friends in the coolest badass scene where he's like dragging them through river. And it's like, so I think, I think it deserves 4.5 for sure. Okay. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. The mostly because I, it, I think it's really well done. And I, I arguably, I would say it live, does live up to, you know, how rough and, 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 and interesting and just like how some of those scenes are really, really brutal. But yeah, that first hour of it is kind of like, all right, we're establishing their lives and that they're married and, you know, that 
there's bad luck's gonna happen and that kind of stuff um but like like i say i was more i was interesting to see how nick got where it was you know and other than um steve getting in the hospital all we know is he went to the hospital and then he got shipped across and then was in a sanatorium of sorts right so you know just kind of like when they split after they got like honestly, a, a three and a half hour movie I think would have been okay, or whatever the time frame was, if it would have been more on like, okay, we're following just Nick until you know for forty five minutes, and then just you know S- Steve for like to know their whole stories of basically when they got separated to when they got back or didn't get back, you know that kind of thing. Like I it. I think they did a good job with what they had, but I think they could have done more uh, on that or even a sequel, which, or like a, like a side story thing would have been interesting. You know, that's fair. Um, Ryan, I'm and Corey, I actually kind of split the difference of you. I, I give this a solid four. I can understand why it's so acclaimed, like the acting, it's amazing. Uh, but I do feel like it's way longer than it needs to be. The intro is way longer than it needs to be. And even the bits between um, them coming back from Nam and then him, Michael going back to get Nick, I feel like a lot of that is very superfluous. You know, we have a lot of scenes that seem kind of like side scenes and are unnecessary to the plot. Um, and I feel like they don't even build up the characters all that well. You know, they like we have to infer. Like, there's a whole scene of Axel getting stuck in a bowling lane that has no logical <laughs> reason to be in the I film. thought he was going to die. I th- yeah, I thought he was going to get his legs not, like... <laughs> like broken off but it's just like nope just get a car jack and we'll get him out of there and it's just like okay that was a useless scene like if his legs had gotten off and it had triggered a flashback for michael i could have seen that scene being more useful but with the way that scene went it didn't feel useful it felt like it was just it it was just like oh all right we're watching things happen i guess like it looks like it was kind of like hey they're trying to get back to their normal life and be happy but also what right and I, so it's just like i just felt like i don't know there were so many scenes that were kind of unnecessary and with the runtime that it is and the amount of story that gets told in that for the amount of runtime i wanted more story and i didn't feel like i got it yeah yeah that's that's that that is a best better way to articulate what i basically was feeling as well. <laughs> like it's just so long and the like the amount of story that's done and the amount of character development, it's like the we have to infer a lot of these character moments. And, you know, for a movie called The Deer Hunter, there's not a whole lot of deer hunting. So, And yet there don't, is. Don't ever watch To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> oh, I have seen To Kill a Mockingbird. No mockingbirds were killed. Uh-huh. I don't get it. Well, you know, they don't want to hurt animals and so forth and so on. That's that's legit. It's such a bad joke, and it's so old that everybody knows. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> you know, we're not going to stop beating a dead horse exactly. with or without with nipples. No, with no nipples. According to yeah, <laughs> listen to American Ultra. Thank you. Where we discuss horse nipples for some fucking reason, Ryan. <laughs> looking at you. Did, and well, and you got yeah. You can't see me though. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> I'm looking at your waveform. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and even then, I I sent you that other stoner thought I had. <laughs> I know. 
Your stomach just views all potatoes as mashed potatoes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, this has been another episode of Flix X Raid. I've been your Russian roulette judge and host, Tony. I'd like to say a special thank you to our seasoned veteran Russian roulette player, Ryan. Hola. And also, uh, thank you to the beer hunter, Corey. Uh, by the way, Corey, I heard that there was a fresh one in the fridge. I'll be back. <laughs> this has been another episode of Flix X Raid. Good night, Internet! I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Flix X Raid. If you've not already, please subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And if you feel up to it, why not give us a review too? We'd love it. For this episode's show notes, please check out the episode page at our website, FlixXRaid.com, and follow us on social media at the handle at FlixXRaid. If you'd like to show, support the show, check out our merch on Redbubble.com slash FlixXRaid, or you can become a Patreon at Patreon.com slash FlixXRaid. Good night, Internet! And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, why don't you give this podcast a try? Hey, I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And together we host Drinking and Screaming. We're a new horror discussion podcast based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, where each episode we pair a new cocktail with our movie of the week. For instance, I'm pairing this ad with just a shot of tequila. You know, because most ads are horrible. With Drinking and Screaming, you'll find yourself pulled into a new horror film to discuss and a new cocktail to try every week. Every episode is laced with great soundtracks, theme breakdowns, production trivia, Char's bad drinks, and so much more. What? I said clips from the movie. New episodes every week. Join in on the spoops, drinking and screaming, wherever podcasts are found. I give this ad a 5 out of 10. You know, we don't rate the movies. 5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs>